Praise the Lord, church. It is so good to be with you all this Sunday morning. It's an honor to be before you today. Um, I'm very excited that we're going to be able to get together soon. I miss all of you so much. Um, today I would like to take my scripture from Exodus 20 and 24. Exodus 20, verse 24. It says, An altar of earth you shall make me. Make for me. And you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, and your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I record my name, I will come to you and I will bless you. So before we get into the message this morning, I'd like for us to pray. So let's go before the Lord. Lord, I call upon your name this morning. We call upon you today, Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, that you would bless each and every one of us today, Lord, let it, pray you would bless this service. Pray, Lord, you would bless this message. And I pray, God, that anyone who listens to this message, that you would bless them, my God. Pray, Lord, you would put your words in my mouth, Jesus. Help me, Lord, to speak your wisdom, Lord, to speak what you want me to say. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you glory and honor and praise, my God. Hallelujah, Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So today I would like to talk to you for a little while about altars and monuments. Monuments, um, they're a pretty popular thing that you can find. I mean, you can find them almost anywhere that you go. You know how George Washington stepped on a pine cone in, that, in, the, in these woods. Monument. You get a monument there. Or, you know, Lewis and Clark kicked this tree on their way on their great adventure, they get a monument. No, I'm just kidding. But if you go to St. Louis, you can see the Gateway Arch. This is a monument signifying the gateway to the West, the westward expansion. Washington Monument in Washington, D.C., the Lincoln Memorial, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, the Thomas Jefferson Memorial, the Martin Luther King Jr. National Memorial, just to name a few monuments. These are only a few that we can find that are all over the United States and all over the world. And there's over 160 in Washington, D.C. alone. But one of my favorite memorials, one of my favorite monuments that they, they put is the Holocaust Memorial in Berlin, Germany. And it was an absolutely beautiful display they're everywhere. Monuments are everywhere. It's to signify that something really important happened here, or if not in this exact spot, this is where we remember it. <laughs> but altars, altars are kind of similar. Altars are found throughout the Bible. I mean, the word altar itself is mentioned 322 times in the Bible. So it's a somewhat popular topic but now what actually is the altar what 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 makes up an altar i mean we saw in exodus 20 24 that a physical altar was made from stone a place where sacrifices were made a place where covenants were made so in the end an altar was a sacred place it was a very special place an altar is where God and man meet. 
also seen in Exodus 20:24, says that God will come to you. But where is the altar? Where is the altar? I mean, it, it could it could be anywhere. The altar doesn't belong to a church building or a church group. That's the beauty of it. The altar can be wherever you need it to be. In the Old Testament, the uh, altar was a place of blood sacrifice. Of a, it was a place of, of um, firm ritual. It was a place of a strong covenant between God and man. It wasn't, it was not considered a place that was glamorous, not in the slightest. It was, it was a place of death, but it was also a place of rebirth. An altar, it can be considered a dirty place. It's where all of your sins are laid out. Every little thing that you've done wrong laid out one by one before God. It's not a place to, um, I mean, it is a place to bring your sin. It's a place to bring your problems, your brokenness. It's a place for a broken marriage, a broken family. It's a place for your children who have left the faith. It's, it's a place for the family members who don't know who Christ is or they know him but they won't accept him. It's a place to bring illness. It's a place to bring disease. Anxieties are our wants. It's a place to bring our own earthly plans. And honestly, if you look at it that way, the altar is a catch-all. It's like that junk drawer in your kitchen or your bedroom or somewhere in your home that's filled with random stuff that you don't know what to do with. An altar is a catch-all, but it says in 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting your care upon him, for he cares for you. An altar is a place, just like in the Old Testament, when the blood was poured out on the altar, as a place for us to pour ourselves out before God, wholly and, and completely. Psalm 34, 17 through 19 says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And then in Psalm 142, verse 1 through 7, it says, I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path and the way in which I walk. They have secretly set a snare for me. Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, 
for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you shall deal bountifully with me. It's a powerful section of scripture. But an altar, an altar is a place where you can express your faith in God. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer to you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. The altar is where we encounter the mighty presence of God. I mean, I'm going to read another section of scripture, but Isaiah is one of those people who, who had such an experience at an altar. Isaiah 6 and verse 1, starting in verse 1 through verse 8, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Isaiah had a powerful, powerful experience at an altar. But the altar is also a place of incredible humility. It is a place to be broken down by God, a place where pride is crushed, where people can get their breakthrough. Because where there is pride, there is sin. The world will tell us that the altar is useless, crying out to God, snot bubbles, tears flowing, sobbing until you can't make another sound. But it's not useless. It's not pointless. When we come to the altar, bringing everything and pouring everything out like the blood sacrifice, after we have nothing left to lay out and offer God, that is when we are at our most vulnerable. And that is when God reaches down and touches us. Because God does not despise the heart that calls upon him. The world will despise that heart. But God sees that heart as precious. Crying out for a change, crying out for hope, crying out for God to pick up the pieces of a shattered life. And you cannot receive 
all that God wants for your life if you do not get down in the dirt and bear all of your sins before God. Even the ones that you buried so deep that no one could find it. When we get down into that dirt, our carnal nature will not want to do it. But when you are digging, you're pulling out all of those sins, that carnal nature will shrink. Because when we're down in that dirt, we're sharing those sins, we're sharing our, our innermost doubts, our most insecure parts, those things that we want to keep hidden. Your carnal nature doesn't, nature doesn't want to share those things because of our humanly pride. Because we all want to say that we're perfect, but we're not. But when we are down in that lowest moment, when everything is laid out before God, where we say, here I am, God. This is all of me. That is when the breakthrough happens. That is when there is a shift in the atmosphere. God wants to give you miracles. God wants to give you breakthroughs. He wants to give you all of those things in your life, but he can't if you don't bring all of you to an altar. If you don't pour out your entire self to God, not holding anything back. And he can't do it. He can't do it if you pick up all of the things that you put down the altar when you leave. The altar is a place for change. When you go to an altar, you should not leave the same. When we come, we bring out bitterness, unforgiveness, lust, sickness, our infirmities, our plans, our families, our will. When we come to the altar, we give it all. And I heard in a classroom at Urshan once, if we want to be altar, spelled with an E-R, we need to go to the altar, spelled with an A-R. Clever little statement. But where can we find an altar? Like I said before, the altar is not confined to a church building. It's not tethered to a location. It's not confined. An altar can be wherever you need it to be. It can be in your car on the way to work. It can be in your bedroom at home. It, it can be when you're sitting outside just breathing in fresh air. It, it can be in the hospital room. It can be wherever you need it to be. And in the Old Testament, we saw that the altars were made of stone, made in a place of meaning not just randomly on the side of the road, just because they felt like it, but it was a place, it was a place of importance. They weren't something that you would just pass over without giving a second glance. They were conspicuous. They were, they, they became monuments. God did something great here. This is the altar to prove it. And it can be like that for Abram and Isaac, the altar was there when God provided a ram. They're milestones of how far 
you have come. Abraham wanted a son, so he trusted God, and his wife had a son. But when God asked for him to return the son, Abraham was willing, even though all he wanted was that child. That progression, that growth, that trusting in God is the reason for a monument. It's a place to remember because God showed up and did something so miraculous that we could never have done ourselves. It's beyond speculation that God did something great here. So, I have a question to put to you all today. Are you making altars? Are you making monuments? Are you making a decision every day that, God, I will make an altar before you. I will pour myself out upon it. Are you making milestones that you can look back on to see how far you've actually come? Are you making monuments to sobriety? Are you making monuments to holiness? Even something as simple as a monument to honesty. If you don't have an altar, a monument, then we will go back to the things that we did when we were in sin because we forget where we had triumphed. We forget where God had told us that we're meant for greater things. And instead of sacrificing our wants and desires on the altar, we pick back up the things that we're trying to escape from. My life is littered with monuments. My life is littered with altars because I never want to forget where God has brought me from. Moments where there was an unmistakable presence. Moments where the only voice that I heard was God's. Moments of turmoil that were turned to moments of peace because I laid it all out on the altar. My broken bits, my broken heart, everything that I had left because it felt like my life had shattered. That was when God put me back together again. It was on an altar. Just as it takes a bit of time for a monument to be built, being put back together at an altar can take time. So don't feel like you have to rush the process. Each and every one of us have these monuments. We might, not, we might not have realized that they, they, we do have them, but we have them. Moments like that, that absolutely define our relationship with Christ. So my second question that I have for you today is are you taking care of the monuments that God has given to you? If you miss the sin you are neglecting the monument. If you miss the sin, you are neglecting 
the altar. Altars are not meant to be easy. They're not meant to be one and done scenario. Altars need to be maintained. If the altars are in disrepair, then our personal foundation will begin to crack. Maintaining the altar is a promise that you won't go back to the things of your past. So in, in closing today, I would like for all of us to think about the altars that we have in our lives. Moments that are undeniable. The moments of peace-filled clarity. When God honors the sacrifice of others, where God honors the sacrifice of ourselves, the monuments that litter the landscape of our lives. Altars are so incredibly important, not just to the church, but in our homes, ingrained in our lives so deeply that they become the very foundation that we live our life on. So today we, we have a moment. I only spoke for a few minutes today. But we have a moment where we can still come together, even in our separate homes, and build an altar. We can build an altar and pour ourselves out, spilling everything before God. We can cast our cares upon this altar. We can lay our needs on this altar. Because when we do, when we lay everything out and call upon that sweet name, God will come to us. His presence will show up and show out. It doesn't matter if we're sitting on the floor in our bedroom. It doesn't matter if we're all piled on the couch in, our, in your living room. It doesn't matter where you are. God will show up if we pour ourselves out. I have one final story before we go before the Lord in prayer. I wasn't going to share this originally, but I feel like I need to know. Many years ago, when I was young, I was in high school, one of our um, dear friends, Gabby, she, me, me and her, we were, we were very close. We were very close growing up. And I remember going to spend the night at her house one night. I mean, I was over there all the time. <laughs> we were practically inseparable, inseparable there for a while. I remember we were in her room. It was really late at night and we were watching videos on YouTube. I think, I think they, it was like comedy videos or something. We were just laughing. I remember I had Pepsi come out my nose that night, but after a while we just sat there, we were just talking. We were just talking about life. We were talking about God. 
we were just kind of sharing a little bit more than we normally do. We were just, we were just telling each other how much God means to us and all of these things, and we're just saying how, how important he was. And I remember looking over at her, both of us having tears streaming down our faces. As we were pouring ourselves out to each other, we were pouring ourselves out to God. And in that room, two or three o'clock in the morning, we just sat there and we prayed. We prayed so heavily, I was surprised we didn't wake up her parents. We prayed and we felt the presence of God in that room so strong. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It doesn't matter who we're with. God will show up and he will show out when we call upon his name. And in that room, we felt a presence so strong. It felt as if God was sitting there right, right there with us. Exodus 20 and 24 says, An altar of earth you shall make for me, and you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I record my name, I will come to you and I will bless you. So before we go today, Let's prepare this altar. Let's go before the Lord today. My God, my God, my God. Lord, I lay myself on this altar. I lay my ambition before you. I lay my pride before you. I lay my sins before you. And I pray, Lord, that you would forgive us. Pour out my heart and all its broken parts. I lay down my unsaved family members. I lay down my our, our children who have gone astray. God, as we call upon your name. Lord, we know that you will come. As we cry out to you, as we know, Lord, that you will consume the sacrifice that we lay before you. God, consume our sacrifice before you, Jesus. Lord, let this be a monument today, my God. Speak to us today, Lord. Place a word in our hearts, Jesus. Place a thought in our mind. Jesus. Lord, remind us who we are in you today, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that we would not neglect the altar, Jesus. We not neglect the promise that you have given to us at this altar, Jesus. Jesus. God, let this altar be an altar for change today. Oh my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you.